0: Welcome to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss all things wellness.
1: I'm Melanie Welch, nutritionist. And I'm Kay Boyer,
0: health enthusiast.
1: Hello, renegade. Hello, Renegades. Welcome
0: back. I'm excited to have another episode getting the wisdom dripping from Eleni's <laughs> mouth this week. Um, <laughs> I am dripping wisdom from my mouth. Yes, you are. <laughs> In nutrition words, as sweet as honey. Oh. That doesn't affect your glycemic index. <laughs>
1: What a visual! Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that we now qualify for video on Spotify because oh. I don't need people picturing what's dripping out of my mouth. Oh, the they, can see, they, they can see. They can just watch the video.
0: <laughs> no drool, no drool, just uh, <laughs> just in my imagination, waiting for these sweet words to Wait, come out of you. Kay
1: never runs her intros by me, so I don't get to scream. <laughs> what comes well, out of she her doesn't mouth.
0: Let me say the things later on that have to do with the information. So I have to get in my good one-liners. <laughs> I am gonna throw in I, I do know the topic this week though. I'm gonna throw in some good knowledge on this and then you can fact check me on the spot absolutely (laughs) we'll see
1: if i know i'm not an expert in either of these topics but we'll see oh this is gonna just lock (laughs) the whole time okay i have to keep this unlocked
0: so this week now is the second episode of the five things you can do the best five things to do to kind of get your health on track just general wellness do these five that's right yep we covered three the first three which were if i can remember right Elaney. Drink lots of water, sleep better, yo, and, gosh, what was the last one? Oh, and eat better. Eat (laughs) eat better nutrition.
1: (laughs) We had to talk about it since it was a nutrition podcast. Yes, yes,
0: definitely. So those three, and then I'm excited for the two more that are coming today.
1: That's right. Yes. Yes, so this series is our five things you can do to be healthier today. So the goal is, like Kay said, general health and wellness, And I think implementing each of these five things in your life, even though we're being general about it, really can help with a whole host of conditions, especially those chronic Western diseases that we talk about in just about every episode where Mm -hmm. we talk about heart disease and hypertension and obesity and diabetes and dementia and Alzheimer's and kidney disease. All of those things could be improved and helped by implementing each of these five things. So while we're discussing overall general health and improvement, if you aren't dealing with any of those conditions, everything that we talk about in these episodes yep. can only improve your health further. Yes. Think preventative medicine. like Exactly. Yeah, th- yes.
0: Can only feel better by having better sleep. And, yes. Yes. Yes.
1: I don't know of anybody whose heart condition got worse when they started breathing better and meditating. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I don't yes. don't hold me to that. Yep. <laughs> Not medical advice, but... Disclaimer. <laughs> Disclaimer that is necessary, but yep. yes, I can't imagine that doing any of these 1-5 things would make any condition worse. Yeah. So Or any part of my life worse. Anyway, right. all these things have helped my life, so yes. Absolutely. So um, what we're going to talk about are the remaining two subjects today. So like Kay mentioned, we talked about eating healthy foods, sleeping and drinking lots of water. In our last episode, today's episode, we're going to talk about movement and exercise together as one topic, so movement, and breathing. And included in the breathing is meditation. And I love it, and I'm not and like stress management. Absolutely, stress yep. management, and I'm not getting into a deep dive on any of these topics because I think each of them could warrant their own individual podcast episode. <laughs> let's do yes, especially let's do. meditation. Yep, K knows because she came in when I was finishing up my notes for meditation, and yep. I was like, I could write sixteen more pages on this, and I feel like I've only yep just begun to capture the information. So yes. This is by no means a deep dive on any topic, yep. but it is a comprehensive overview. Yes. We'll call it that. It'd be helpful so, to um, convince you to add it to your life. Exactly. So the first topic is movement and exercise, and I referenced a few books for these notes, and I decided I would give you what these books were. Thank you. So that um, if you would like to look anything up or do further research, you can. So some of the books that I read to prepare for the movement portion of this podcast was Move Your DNA by Katie Bowman. Sitting Kills, Moving Heels. Oh, How Everyday Movement life. Will Prevent Pain, Illness, and Early Death, and Exercise Alone Won't by Dr. Joan Vernikos. Oh. That was a long title. I, that was, but that was a good like... Hook title. like Yes. I'm like, please describe that more. Uh-huh, okay. We'll get into that. The okay. Joy of Movement by Kelly McGonigal. Yeah. And Strength for Life by Sean Phillips. So mm. I'm going to open here with a quote. Mm. Astronauts chosen on the basis of being the healthiest and fittest of possessing the quote unquote right stuff are transformed by the lack of gravity in space into the likes of seniors 30 or 40 years older. Yet despite the debilitating effects of spaceflight, astronauts fully recover soon after they return to Earth. Why not use what we have learned about astronauts at NASA to benefit the rest of us? If astronauts could regain their good health after shaking off the ill effects of spaceflight, so could people suffering similar healthy problems due to their sedentary lifestyles. That was Dr. Joan Vernicos in Sitting Kills. (gasps)
0: <gasps> how moving fascinating. So, there is
1: hope. There is hope. Wow. So Dr. Joan um, was the former director of NASA's Life Sciences Division and was responsible for understanding how to optimize the health and well-being of NASA astronauts. So she wrote that wow. book um, after studying astronauts, as they went into outer space, studying their health, what happened to them before going into outer space, what happened to them during outer space, and then what happened to them when they returned to Earth. And she realized that without the effects of gravity
0: yeah which like a
1: resistance is resistance to your muscles yeah without those effects astronauts underwent a series of extreme health problems and like she said then advanced in like biological Mm -hmm. kind of that like body age what we call is body age By 30 or 40 years, they're senior. Wow! But once they returned to Earth and had the resistance of gravity again, and were able to start training, yeah, under that gravity, then their health returned.
0: Wait, can you imagine them like getting back into the atmosphere and all of a sudden like bringing the spoon? They're like, oh, (laughs) yes, like like, now like she said, literally
1: like walking. They have to learn how to walk. They have to learn how to balance. Like, I want to see images of this or like the video. That is, I never really thought of that. That's interesting. So when she was studying this and seeing their health effects, she realized, okay, so if astronauts are being affected that way because they're not getting to use their Mm -hmm. muscles, what happens to sedentary people who are on Earth who have the benefit of gravity but are not really utilizing it and not exercising? And that's what inspired her to write this book because she saw how much health could be improved if you moved into an active lifestyle versus a sedentary lifestyle. Wow. Wow. Um, So in her book, Joan explains how a sedentary lifestyle is basically the equivalent to a gravity free lifestyle that's experienced by astronauts in outer space, um, which is a movement free environment and, and, in a way, they're moving, but they don't have yeah. that tension and resistance yeah. to their muscles. Yeah, but and fluid. so a movement-free environment is just as a debilitating as a gravity-free environment. Um, mm. But it just happens a lot faster in space. Obviously, when we have a day without moving here on Earth, we don't age 30 years. So it happens a lot faster in space. But um, it's interesting because when we sit all the time, which is what most of us Office work. do, yep. Yeah. Gravity doesn't have the chance to work all of its positive effects in our body. Um, and we age much faster than expected. And then we experience reduced bone density and increased all cause mortality, including obesity, diabetes, heart disease, strokes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, which is one reason why we've heard you've probably now heard this catchphrase as sitting is the new smoking. Yeah. Where they yeah. said they did studies where eight hours, like basically sitting all day was the equivalent of smoking all day in terms of all cause mortality. Wow. Um,
0: And now something to help with that, I just thought of that, um, is like your husband has that desk at his work Mm -hmm. where it's like the standing desk. Mm -hmm. Um, So that way you can like, I try to stand more at work now too, that I'm like, okay, this will help me, Kay. Like, don't just sit because it's easier.
1: Yeah. So I have some good tips from all of our authors on on moving and how to move and how to even move when you're sitting and can't stand and how to still take advantage of gravity and, and use your muscles. So... But just getting into it, some movement that really like when I say movement that transcends and includes exercise. So when I talk about movement, I'm not only talking about exercising for 30 to 40 minutes in the morning and then not moving the rest of the the day. Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, Which is. Almost just as bad as being sedentary, and I'll get into some of that later. But movement, what I'm talking about, includes motions like getting up from sitting to walk to your filing cabinet, walking to the store, doing burpees or jumping jacks, um, doing stretching or yoga, squatting to pick something up off the floor, walking up the stairs, changing your posture while you're sitting, etc. So exercise is always movement, but movement is not always exercise so when I talk about the importance of moving, I'm not only talking about exercise, and I just wanted to bring that clarity yeah, at of the that, beginning.
0: Like that idea of like, if you get 10,000 steps a day, that's still like all day you moved around to do the dishes and the garden and the whatever exactly. lifestyle that they used to have. They got 10,000 easy. Oh, just yeah. Just because all day they were just up and around where you're right, we're such
1: kind of the American like... Lazy lifestyle of sitting yeah. In, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I have um information on this later in my notes, but yeah. um I as if I remember correctly, our ancestors moved on average eight hours a day. Yeah. So they had eight hours of active time in a day. Yeah. And the average American today has ten minutes. Of ten
0: active minutes.
1: Ten, ten minutes of active time in a day. So oh. our ancestors moved like hundred times more than we moved. Oh, I'll, I'll read word. that fact later on. I think we'll come back to it, but yeah. Oh, that's like embarrassing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so gosh. I mean, I'm not dismissing exercise because first of all, like in our modern world where the majority of us spend the majority of our day sitting at our desk, exercise is critical. But exercising first thing in the morning or in the middle of the day or right before bed and having that be your only activity for the day mm. and sitting the rest of the day is not enough. Um, so, your body's
0: like, come on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Get set for 10 hours,
0: work out for 20 exactly. minutes, and think, yep. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So optimal health relies on regular movement, um, and, and you need that. So intentional movement in the form of exercise is important, and I'll discuss that, but I just want to discuss the significance of movement in general In your day. First. Um, so NEAT which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis? NEAT is the acronym. Mm. Is a term coined by James Levine, who's an exercise physiologist at the Mayo Clinic. So NEAT is the small but frequent movements we have throughout the day. So shifting our posture, standing, sitting, bending, squatting, reaching, lying down, gesturing with your hands, sweeping the floor, dusting a shelf, crossing or uncrossing your legs, chopping vegetables, etc. Those are all of the small movements we have and throughout the neat. day. Um, and any movement at all causes some amount of muscle contraction, Yeah, which is good that I'm Italian and I talk nonstop with my hands. Yeah, I literally, like, if you can watch the video on this, we literally just talk with my hands the whole time. Burn so. the calorie. <laughs> burn. Boom, that's a calorie. Boom, that's a calorie. <laughs> hey yo, hey yo. So individuals who move around all day burn more calories than individuals who go to the gym in the morning and then spend the rest of the day sedentary okay okay so some great ways for us to incorporate more neat into our day Mm -hmm. um and some of these come from joan dr vernico's in her book and some of them i threw in there so some examples would be to stand up and joan recommends you stand up 32 times a day so stand up from your desk 32 times a day
0: okay i need my um calculator so 32 so that's (laughs) like okay so eight hour day four times an hour yeah Oh, that's totally doable. Yeah. Every fifteen minutes. Every fifteen
1: minutes. Just stand get up. up. That's what she recommends. Yes, that's totally doable. Um, s- and take, just shake it out. Yeah, shake, shake it, it out. You yep. could you could do a couple squats if you wanted. You could do a couple push ups. You can incorporate exercise into that. But at the very least, stand, stand up, up from your desk yep. thirty two times yep. a day. At the shop, I'll say that
0: I have a little boutique that I. Co-own. Anyway, when I'm there now at the counter, I always used to sit on a stool always, and now I put the stool to my side and I stand. Yeah, see, because good for of you. these little
1: things. Yeah, yeah, that's one of her things. The other. Some of the other things she recommends are standing tall and walking tall. So using those postural muscles Mm. and challenging those is an important piece. Mm -hmm. Um, Clean the house, pick up, or play with your kids. Okay, well,
0: this is getting absurd. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. kidding. Take a walk
1: around your. Show up. Uh, Show up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Take a walk around your office or office building. Park your car further from the entrance to a store. Take the stairs instead of the elevator. Walk or bike to work and use a basket instead of a cart if you can't at the grocery store. My husband and I do this all the time when we go grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. We always start out with a basket Yep. And then pretty soon, like he, so the, he is the, the only one who can carry milk. it. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: the dog food in this one, it's like, okay. okay it right. made me laugh. Yeah. But yeah. I
1: did today when I went grocery shopping, I did grab a basket instead of a cart. Cause I was like, no, I like this. I'm going to yes. like, I'll just switch it between my arms. And I yes. did feel more accomplished. Yes. So, I love um, it. I love it. speaking of which, just another plug here for making your own food. Imagine how much more movement you get when you're walking around the kitchen. Yes. And chopping and stirring and filling a pot with water and carrying it to the stove compared to sitting at your desk all day at work. No judgment. Yep. Yep. Driving to your favorite restaurant for takeout. Yep. Sitting in the line. Yep. yep, Sitting in the line, getting your takeout, driving home, sitting on your couch, eating your takeout and watching a show. Again, no judgment.
0: Right. But just the modern world. And that's what we're used to. But we're here to push you out of that comfort a little
1: bit yeah. and like sharpen yourself. And just think about that. Compare those two things. Yep. The one activity where you're just sitting, 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 sitting and the other where you're up and then you're prepping and you're washing yep. dishes and you're yep. chopping and stirring yep. and all of those things yep. improve. I also burn, read a study where
0: I'm very interested in like the mood of how you feel as you do things. Like I'm big on that. I read a study and gosh, I don't know where it's from, but, um, they took all these people in the world and they would call them at a certain part in the day and they would judge how happy they were and what they were doing. And they found the happiest people were in the middle of a small task. So even the people that were cleaning a toilet, literally at the moment rated happier in their feelings than someone who was, You know, (laughs) contemplating what their life was about or whatever. Hmm. So it's almost like our brains are wired with those small movements, with our direction on a task, by cooking dinner, by having that our brain is, our moods are
1: wired to like that. I
0: think it's just really interesting. interesting. It's all connected. Like, yeah. And does
1: that also relate to small tasks you can accomplish and feel a sense of accomplishment? Was that what it was or Um, was it more movement based? More. Oh, it was more about
0: task and in
1: it. Yeah. Whether the
0: scale of it didn't matter or the accomplishment of it, but just that you're brain was in it and showing up and doing yeah so more about doing yeah
1: doing yeah but it makes sense like you said if you think about the fact that we were that was what our ancestors did yeah <laughs> they weren't what our brain no- would know yeah. yeah yeah they were just doing things so <clears throat> here's here's the um I did find that little fact so our bodies were designed to move and our ancestors moved about eight hours a day getting in up to 10 times more movement on a daily basis than we do today with our oh, wow. average 10 minutes of movement per day. Wow. Yeah. So it's that's like, pretty terrible. I've
0: got all these like little stories for us today. I've got my, I'm home with my kids during the summer. So I'm just going to talk, talk, talk to adults <laughs> right now. This is what I'm doing. Okay. It feels like, you know how they say, um, like the frog in the boiling pot of water. If you slowly boil it, you can boil the frog um, but if you go from cold to hot too fast, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm out of here. It was too cold to hot. Yeah. But if it's a slow heat, he doesn't notice. And then he then it gets him. Yeah. yeah. So this, I almost feel like the American way was a slow boil. Like even me, I'm a super active person. But I Cheers. found myself. Yeah. I found myself being like. Sitting around more than I ever would, it, but it just snuck up on me. You know, like yeah, how did that happen. You get
1: used to it, and yeah. then it's a little bit more each day, and a little bit more each day. Yeah, yeah for sure. Life is
0: easier in America. I can just go drive through food, and just it's just interesting. We're all in the same predicament. Like we all just want to sit and be on
1: Instagram. (laughs) Well, and we don't have to move like our ancestors did, right? I mean, we don't have the requirement. And so we have to be intentional about moving and make the choice to move. Whereas for our ancestors, they were out hunting their food. They were out gathering and foraging food. They were collecting wood to make a fire at the point that they knew how to make a fire. Yep. (laughs) You know? Um <laughs> they they were making animal skin clothing. So yep. all of life centered around movement and yep. you weren't Engagement. sitting yep. for hours at a time in front of a screen like we do today. So today, you know, we don't we walk to the refrigerator to get our food or we go to the grocery store or we for those of us that are able to garden go out to our gardens but that's as far as we go yeah. so it's still a constant decision of choosing to be active choosing to move around and something that's really interesting is our dna literally depends on movement for healthy expression mm-hmm. um so the epigenetics. study epigenetics the yeah. study of epigenetics is how dna can be expressed depending on certain environmental inputs so diet toxin exposure stress etc. And movement is one of those factors that can influence gene expression. And it can have a direct effect on how our bodies function and perform. Um, And telomeres, which are the little region at the end of each chromosome strand. So your chromosomes are made from DNA and telomeres cap the end of a chromosome strand and protect it from damage. Um, The telomeres become shorter as we age. And then this is one of the things, so like every time a cell in our body divides, telomeres grow a little bit shorter. So you can imagine that as we get older and our cells have divided more and more and more and more, each time they divide, those telomeres get a little bit shorter. So this is actually something that a lot of scientists who are studying longevity study is the telomeres because Mm. the idea is... If we can keep our telomeres longer, we can protect our chromosomes. Our cells can divide more.
0: Mm, Can live forever. And we can live longer. So in the
1: study of longevity and immortality, telomeres are kind of a hot topic.
0: Mm, Good to Um, know.
1: And many people have studied how to keep our telomeres from shorter shortening for as long as possible um, since we believe it is the key to living longer. And movement and exercise are one factor that help telomeres last longer. Wow. Um, not too much exercise because they have shown that Chronic Stress. overtraining mm. does actually shorten telomeres. Mm. And on the reverse side of it, not doing any exercise also shortens telomeres. Mm. So, a healthy amount of movement and happy exercise, middle. there's yep. a happy middle yep. that helps our telomeres stay longer for longer so our cel- cells can keep dividing. Wow, for Find longer that sweet and we can live longer. Exactly. In the middle. Yeah, and studies have shown that individuals who live a sedentary lifestyle have much shorter telomeres at a younger age than individuals who live an active lifestyle. Um, wow. and additionally of the trillions of cells in our body, nearly every single one of those trillions of cells has a receptor that senses your internal mechanical movement. So it is tied to your level of movement. So movement helps stimulate the feeding and waste removal process for all of our cells in our body. It gets our blood pumping so that we can get the necessary nutrients pumped to the cells. And then also with that blood pumping, it flushes away toxins from our cells. So if we are sitting sedentary, just like if we are not drinking enough water, then our blood flow is not adequate and we are not adequately feeding and nourishing ourselves and we're not adequately removing waste. So you can imagine what an inflammatory condition that creates in our body when we're not moving enough. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's see. And that feels like energy
0: kind of feeds itself. Like the more you
1: move, the more you can kind of keep going. And the the less
0: you move, the less you want to keep going. Exactly. And that's why
1: you don't want to just exercise in the morning or exercise right right before bed at night and be sedentary the rest of the day because it's much better for that feeding and cleaning process for ourselves if we have constant movement going from sitting to standing and bending over and squatting. All of those movements help pump our blood. And then cleanse the cells. So exercising, when you exercise, that process is happening. But once you stop exercise and your heart rate slows down and your respiration slows down, then that process stops. So that's where constant movement throughout the day is important for nourishing our cells. Um, So everything, our bodies do require movement that's initiated Mm. by the muscle system. So digestion, immunity, reproduction, all of these functions require us to move, obviously. Um, and the human body is structured to walk not sit so literally we evolved to walk and I think in one of the books I read now I can't remember which one but walking is the optimal form of movement is one of them because we were designed as bipedal beings you know we were meant to walk we weren't designed to sit otherwise we would have all been born with with bigger glutes, <laughs> yeah, little hands on our butts.
0: Visualize <laughs> that. I
1: was trying. To, I was gonna say bigger glutes, but I'm like, well, some people were born with bigger glutes. <laughs> I was. I just am sit. not. I'm was... not personally one of them. <laughs> God's like, and you get to
0: sit. <laughs> you can sit more. You do not get to sit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you were born with bony nubs in your butt that make it uncomfortable <laughs> to sit for so like, long. Get up. You get up. <laughs> we are not designed. I definitely was not designed to sit for long periods of time. Time, I'll just say that, <laughs> um, and so I want to discuss exercise too, because certainly we know that exercise is important. I just, you know, am highlighting the importance of avoiding active and then sedentary mm-hmm, lifestyle.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm good. Um,
1: but here's a fun quote from Kelly McGonigal in the Joy of Movement: Around the world, people who are physically active are happier and more satisfied with their life. This is true whether their preferred activity is walking, running, swimming, dancing, biking, playing sports, lifting weights, or practicing yoga. People who are regularly active have a stronger sense of purpose, and they experience more gratitude, love, and hope.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, I feel that 100% in my own life. Like the days that I'm like, I'm just going to stay in and binge All five seasons of Yellowstone. Like, listen, that's a good day right there. But since I hadn't moved all day, I'm a little depressed by the end. But the days that like today, I all day like weeded my garden and did my landscaping and got mulch and like we're carrying these huge bags. And I like had 12,000 steps on my watch and all I did was make a cute mulch patch. I don't know. But like, honestly, I have this innate sense of feeling good. Yeah, no. And you're
1: not just imagining that. Um, I actually wow. have some, some scientific data that they've done when people are forced to be sedentary and how it affects their mood. So <gasps> I'll, I'll catch up to that in a second, um, but we'll make sure to hit that point. So um, certainly we need exercise to gain strength and muscle mass. So currently in the U.S., 30% of U.S. adults 20 or older are obese. Okay, and 65% are either overweight or obese. Okay, 65. Okay. So 20% right. yeah. of U.S. children aged 12 to 19 are obese. 20% of children. I mean. Oh, little things. Little I know, things. know, it's the modern
0: lifestyle. It's tough because yeah.
1: it's, it's everywhere that
0: we, screens are addictive. Fast food is yummy. Like, right. couches are so soft. Like, yeah. I mean, there's so much to that. Yeah. I get it. I yeah. get
1: it. I liked this quote too from Sean Phillips in his book Strength for Life. So where health is no more than the absence of disease, strength is the presence of abundant energy, a capacity and reserve to be a force in your world. It's inclusive of health at the same time, so much more. It's being healthy and flowing with energy, power, and confidence. So I love it. I love that because yep. exercise is what we need to build strength. Yes. Build the
0: energy muscle. Exactly. Like, yes.
1: So yep. movement is critical for that. All of the body processes for the digestion, for reproduction, for yep. um, immune health, for yep. cleansing and feeding ourselves. That's what movement is critical for. But Exercise is necessary to build muscle mass and to increase strength. Yes, and muscle. What did I hear? Like muscle
0: burns more calories than fat, right? Yeah, muscle so burns it, more calories So than then fat. the more you work out, the more you get to eat, the more you get to eat, the more you get to enjoy your life. I mean, right, like, you know, exactly. Like, it's all good. Like yeah. do the hard thing, push yourself, and it kind of feeds itself in the goodness of it. Yeah. The and, richness of life.
1: And connecting into that mood and emotional health, Kay, that you touched on, Um, exercise has been shown in many, many studies to be better for relieving depression than a prescribed antidepressant. So they've literally compared exercise directly to Zoloft, which is a common antidepressant medication and have found that exercise is better for alleviating depression than Zoloft is. Um, and strength training specifically stimulates and balances our endorphins, neurotransmitters, and creates neurotropic growth factors that your brain needs to thrive, which is why you feel good mm-hmm. during and right after exercise. Yeah, I do feel good. Not good during it, but after <laughs> <laughs> it. Like it's I feel good. If I'm dominating, it. I feel good during yes. it. Yeah. If I'm like at failure, sometimes it's a little bit.
0: Yeah. Know. The um I do an Asana Rebel yoga app. If anyone does it, you you should you love it. The my yoga girl in it, she goes, as you're in the middle of this super hard something that you have to hold, some crane word, she's like, Feel your strength, feel your power. And I'm just like, You're right. I do feel it. <laughs> you know what yes, I mean? It's like, I feel powerful. Yes, I feel powerful. It's yeah. Good.
1: Um, and regular exercise promotes improved neuron health and flow of blood, oxygen, and nutrients to your brain. Mm. It also improves mood, decreases anxiety, improves resilience to stress, and raises self-esteem. So Mm, during exercise, our muscles actually secrete hormones into our bloodstream that help our brain become more resilient to stress and recover from trauma. So these hormones are called myokines, myo meaning muscle, but scientists actually call them hope molecules. Which I love. Like, exercising literally releases hope molecules into your blood and makes you Mm. feel more resilient to stress and the world's problems and recover from any sort of trauma.
0: You know, I love that.
1: Yeah. Um, Exercise also reduces inflammation in the brain and helps alleviate worry and bonds and connect better with others. Oh. Um, and the subtitle of Kelly's book, I liked this, was Exercise Helps Us Find Happiness, Hope, Connection, and Courage. Yeah. So here's this. what you said, Kay, reminded yep. me of this study. So when adults are randomly assigned to reduce their daily step count, 88% become more depressed.
0: Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, so within
1: one week of becoming more sedentary, they reported a thirty-one percent decline in overall life satisfaction. Just one week. One week, and that was just of reducing their daily step count. So not stopping it, not just Just, sitting all day. Yeah, just reducing their daily step count. Eighty-eight percent became more depressed. Wow. Now, did they flip it? The ones that were sedentary, did they add? I'm
0: saying, can we like that statistic? Can we say that you're that much more you
1: can it does reverse once you bring in the exercise again like those things improve good good Um, good 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 good, good. but they actually found the average steps per day that were associated with increased feelings of anxiety and depression so when a daily step count is reduced to how they figure this out i don't know but when a daily step count is reduced to five thousand six hundred forty-nine steps per day Feelings of anxiety and depression increase and satisfaction with life decreases.
0: Hold the phone. Literally, there is a number. There was a number they found. There is a number. So, y'all, if you're only hitting 5,600 steps a day and you feel depressed, you better go walk another
1: mile. Yeah. So, the average American takes 4,774 steps a day. (gasps)
0: That's in the depression zone. So
1: again, 5,649 wow. steps per day was associated with increased feelings of anxiety and depression. And most Americans take essentially 1,000 steps per day less than that. Wow, wow, wow,
0: he wow, wow. Okay, because this is very interesting because I would say my average, I'm pretty active. I'm very aware of this sort of thing. I get probably 9,000 on average without trying on a day I work out, I'll get ten to eleven thousand. Okay, but on the days that I do nothing, I have something going on at the shop. I got stressed. I couldn't blah 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 blah. I've know I've seen five thousand on my watch a few times. Yeah, like I. So I'm just like so for me who really tries to hit that five thousand. Holy cow! And that
1: and that's on average. So yeah. your average step count is probably close to ten thousand. Yeah. And so a day or two of just five thousand. Yeah. I mean, don't freak I won't out. Hit depression. With yeah, this. you won't hit depression <laughs> in one day. Yeah, but like yeah. you mentioned, you feel better and more accomplished if you are getting up and moving. So yeah. there is something to that for sure. But wow. yes, you don't have to freak out. Like for those who are listening, who are like, oh my god, I need to get up and go run three thousand steps. Like, yeah. Start tomorrow. Get yep. more steps. Be more conscious of walking throughout yep. the day. But yep. but one day here or there, you're okay. It's not gonna. Yeah, it's not gonna break. But it. do go
0: out and try to walk a little bit more. And even walking's okay. Like you don't have to run. You don't yeah. have to run a mile. You don't have to run a marathon. But go just walk around the block. Yeah, five minutes. Start with five minutes.
1: So and ten. and my husband and I, one thing that we've started doing that we like to do is we go for a walk after dinner. Like that's our thing because I read an interesting study that talked about at least 10 minutes of movement within 90 minutes of eating can drastically improve your blood sugar response to that (gasps) meal. Really? So now we eat dinner and then we go for just a 10 minute, 15 minute walk. After dinner, which is really nice because it's again, movement, intentional movement throughout the day, but then it also helps improve digestion. It helps reduce our blood sugar spike after eating a meal. So, um, that's one way that I really like to do it because you're improving a lot of things. So again, be intentional with your movements and think about when are the best times to move and. And so I have a couple rules. Yes. Oh, Oh, I have one more
0: thing about walking outside. So there's something in our brain, and I also don't know where I read this, but somebody fact checked me um, that when you're walking, you look at the horizon on this like, is this bilateral movement? Because you look at the horizon, and our brain interprets that and is like, I am good, I am safe, I am Mm. happy. And in horses, If you are, if they, they're a prey animal, so they're worried about predators. And if they're scared, their eyes go up and down, up and down. They're like scaling, like what's coming at me. I'm looking you up and down. Um, And that puts their body in fight or flight. Hmm. So this is also really interesting to go take that walk. People have shown um, lower depression after a walk because our eyes in that, bilateral movement is so good for our brain and our mood and everything so it's like there's so many benefits of just going out and taking a walk yeah. you know it's just interesting and I that's all
1: connected that's really interesting too because you think about what are your eyes doing when you're scrolling on your phone
0: up and down up, up and down, down up yep. and down
1: is that like yep. stressful Movement, whereas opposed yep. to looking at the horizon, yep. like you said, side to side. Yep. That's really so interesting. This is actually where Tinder is very healthy for you. <laughs>
0: swiping left and right. I'm so kidding. I don't. <laughs> I've derailed this. I okay, will take back. your word for it.
1: <laughs> I think I was married before Tinder existed.
0: Before the internet existed. <laughs>
1: we wrote letters yeah, yeah we wrote letters yes did you really i really did okay so not cute. to kevin i wrote letters oh, okay. to previous Sorry, kevin.
0: boys but not kevin
1: well kevin was the one you didn't have to try and <laughs> yeah yeah we had kevin. text messaging when kevin came around so oh, okay. i didn't have to write him a letter you were in this century then okay <laughs> i was that
0: goober writing a letter i'm so embarrassed okay I want to read some of those. Okay.
1: So here are some of my top rules for making exercise a part of your day in an enjoyable way. So the first thing is to, as I've implied, do something you enjoy. Yeah. Make exercise something that you enjoy, but also do something that challenges you. So I think... You know, a lot of people enjoy stretching or Tai Chi or yoga, which are all really good, really effective forms of movement. Mm-hmm. But also make sure that you're incorporating things that challenge you and challenge your body yeah. and challenge your Push strength it because a little. That's what gives you that sense of accomplishment: ah. is challenging yourself and then overcoming that challenge. So if you yep. are not like ever growing. challenging yourself yep. in workout, yep. then you're basically wasting your time. You're just um, get
0: bored. Yep, uh,
1: and be present and focused when you exercise. So studies have actually shown that people who believe exercise will make them stronger and focus on that during exercise get better results physiologically than people who don't. Mm -hmm. So I read a really interesting study when I was preparing for this podcast um, where they took housekeepers who were like working at a hotel or something. Yeah. And half of them, they told them that the daily activity that they engaged in as housekeepers was good for them. Yeah. And they... Actually gave them numbers of how many calories they burned during each activity. So they told them, you know, like folding laundry burns 40 calories, mm-hmm. making a bed burns 60 calories. So they told them like, yeah, here's how the exercise or the movement that you're doing as a housekeeper benefits you. So one group they gave that information yeah. to the other group. They didn't give any information like that to Yeah. And in the group where they had the information and the knowledge of how that movement was benefiting their body, they had significantly increased weight loss. <laughs> And decreased waist circumference and improved muscle strength compared to the group who didn't know how that no movement way. was benefiting Actually, it's them. A physical like, outcome. A physical <sighs> outcome. So wow. I know people talk a lot about the placebo effect, and they talk about it like it's not something real, but the placebo effect is well, real. So believing connection. that something will benefit you helps it actually benefit wow. you.
0: And I wonder if then their their mood was also
1: higher because
0: while they're doing it, they're like, oh, I'm getting a benefit from this. Yeah. I'm getting paid and I'm And exercising. I'm getting a benefit. Yeah. Absolutely. Like,
1: yeah. yeah, and I think that's being cool. present and focused during a workout is so important for yeah. that reason. So, yeah, you know, great. if you're at the gym and, and I have both been this person and witnessed this person, yeah. but, you know, watching a TV show as you run, on the treadmill and you're not really focusing on what you're doing yeah you're not getting nearly as much of the benefit as if you are present and engaged in the moment mm, and just mm-hmm. like let yes. what you're doing be enough don't need to do multiple yes. things yes. you know we are
0: getting older eleni where we can <laughs> let our minds do that yeah like 20 year old k is like nope my brain needs to go somewhere yeah else. but like you know a lot older almost 40k no 30, <laughs> 30 what am i 37 year old k is like be in the moment. Yeah. This moment is enough. That was good that you said that because yeah. it's like never enough, never enough. And it's like, no, this moment is enough. Yeah. Even me on the stair climber, this moment is enough.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then another important thing with exercises to not overtrain um, there's no reason to go there. more than 30 <laughs> minutes if you're doing the right workouts. So oh. I would suggest for most people being really careful because it is easy to overtrain and injure your muscles mm. and, and injure your joints and puts mm-hmm. too much stress on your body. Yep. Um, and there's even, you know, when you're studying nutrition, there's a condition you read about called the female athlete triad, mm. which is where women who are professional athletes – oftentimes stop having their periods and they lose a lot of weight and they kind of become, they reach this really significant hormonal imbalance because they are overtraining and they are stressing their body out by overtraining and they're telling their body, hey, it's not safe to reproduce. So their menstrual cycles stop because their body's literally so stressed out by the amount of training that they're putting in. So It's important to be conscious that you are not overtraining. So even the workouts that I do that are strength training workouts, I give them 48 hours in between each workout. And so I don't train the same sets of muscles two days in a row. I give them every other day to recover and repair because you can overtrain and cause... And and besides causing injury, you actually... So a certain amount of exercise and injury and strain to the muscles damages the muscles in a positive way that your body rebuilds them stronger. The same thing happens with our bones. So when we do impact exercises – we damage our bones just a little bit, but then because our bones are damaged, our body sends bone building cells to those bones and helps make them stronger. Wow. The same thing okay, happens kind that. of with cool. our muscles. Yeah. yeah. I
0: did know muscle, but yeah, yeah, yeah crazy. Yeah.
1: That's why weight bearing exercises and walking and, and some of those more impact exercises can benefit individuals who have osteoporosis because it, and it can prevent osteoporosis, which is better to be in that place, but- Um, yeah, because it strengthens our bones, but the same thing happens with our muscles. So causing a little bit of injury to our muscles then allows our body to repair them and make them stronger. Mm -hmm. So you do want to stress your muscles to a degree, but if you stress them too much, you're breaking down the muscle fibers Mm. faster than you can build them up.
0: Oh, so you can actually
1: kind of stop the muscle building process Mm. or delay it or slow it more by overtraining like that than if you gave it 48 hours yep. in between exercise. So work with your body there. Exactly. Yep. Um yep. I also recommend that everybody incorporate some cardio and some strength training every week. So anything that keeps your your um like your blood moving and increases your heart rate will help trigger the hormonal and mood improvements that we've talked about. Mm. Um, But also, doing something that is moderately difficult and sticking with it for 20 minutes can induce that runner's high which I think is better called a persistence high. It doesn't necessarily have to do anything with running. It's mm. the high you get from, again, like we talked about doing something challenging and sticking with it. Yep. Um, and then enjoy exercising with others. Um, group exercise classes increase accountability and improve show up rate. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps bond strangers and build trust and it empowers you and increases solidarity and hope. So yeah. I think in the power of community, there's you know that yeah. piece too. That's really important. Um, yeah. Which, by the way, just a quick fact, because I wanted to circle back to our last podcast where we discussed the importance of hydration. Yeah. For an athlete, they did a study, and a 1% drop in hydration can reduce performance output by as much as 20%.
0: (gasps) I'm gonna drink to that. Every drink time you your say, water. Hydrate. I'm, we all—that's our drinking game. We, our all drinking game. Drink we all have to drink more. I don't drink a lot, and I'm I'm working on doing better. Yeah. You so know?
1: for those of you who are athletes, there's that plug for hydration. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, make sure you go back and listen. Wow. To that. Um, so I liked this quote from Katie Bowman in her book Move Your DNA. The paradox of our modern world is this: not only do we do less physically than ever before. We almost never do nothing. Our bodies deprived of movements are inundated with subtle yet continuous physical stimulation from noise, light, data, etc. Mm. This constant stream of input is a two-fold stressor, as not only is the frequency of certain environmentally induced loads extremely high, the types of input we are experiencing are unnatural. Mm. Um... So here's an interesting piece of trivia from uh, Katie's Move Your DNA book. For our ancient ancestors, a sound that was 75 decibels could have signaled an approaching avalanche or earthquake. But now that is just the normal city street or TV commercial or radio playing or car honking or cell phone ringer. So these constant sounds never allow our body the chance to relax
0: oh at that level now nah, which is really
1: interesting so yes. just back in the day obviously there would have been other sounds too but back in the day loud sounds like that were typically associated we're like alert. with danger yep yep but our bodies still perceive them that way and now we're just inundated with them all day every day wow. so add that to the unnatural blue lights we have all day from our phone and tablet and computer screens and the constant input of information from texts and phone calls and it makes sense why chronic fatigue is such a Plague,
0: yeah, these
1: days because we literally, like she said, we do less physically than ever before, but we also almost never do nothing.
0: Mm. So, even
1: when you're just sitting, yep, you're doing something, you're on your phone, yep. you're on your computer, you're checking your email, you're, yep, scrolling on Tinder, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By surveying level, so the horizon okay. <laughs> surveying the horizon on tinder <laughs> <laughs> now that's a nice looking horizon
0: that's a bad looking horizon that's hilarious i feel like this is a good segue and i won't push you there until you need to but into meditation mm-hmm.
1: yep absolutely that'll be yep. that'll be our next um yep. our next topic for sure the last thing i just wanted to cover with this movement and exercise is the importance of getting outside Um, so I had, I had actually planned to incorporate getting outside as part of this conversation Mm -hmm. before I ever found Katie's move your DNA book. But then as I was reading her book, she also incorporates the importance of getting outside into her book on movement. So I thought that was good confirmation. So I'm going to cover that really quick. Um, and the, I had an Instagram post about this recently for anybody who saw it where, um, I hope I pronounce it right, is Shinrin-yoku, is forest bathing, the act of engaging with nature Mm. and taking time to enjoy the atmosphere of the forest. Yeah. So I I wrote a post about that, um, where I was talking about how important it is for us to get outside in nature. And in Japan, um, they've heavily researched this topic of forest bathing, and it's been shown to lower concentrations of cortisol, which is our stress hormone lower our pulse rate and blood pressure, and reduce cerebral activity, a.k.a. it allows our brains to calm down, yep. to slow down. Yep. Um, so when we're in nature, not only are we not moving, but we're removing ourselves from the constant stimulus of city noise and screens, which, as we've discussed, can be very stressful to our body to have that constant input of sound. Yes. Um, and interestingly, it turns out that plants put out a chemical substance called a phyton side. Phyton side. Mm. If you can't say it, I can't say it. inside. side, <laughs> um, which is essentially a wood essential oil that has antimicrobial properties to help ward off pest insects and rot. Um, mm. But these fidon also interact with our bodies in a positive way. They boost our immune system and raise natural killer cells. Wow. Natural killer cells help kill tumor cells and virus infected cells and are important wardens in our immune system. So Being exposed to these wood essential oils produced in forests actually improves the activity of our immune system and makes it stronger. And it also can increase antioxidant activity in the body.
0: That is cool. Um,
1: It also affects our endocrine systems, lowering cortisol and raising dopamine. And these effects can last for up to seven days after a forest bathing trip, which entails walking several miles through a forest. Um, wow. So the importance of that piece, again, is being present in the moment. So yep. when you're doing that forest bathing, it's not walking out in the forest while you're staring at your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scrolling. <laughs> Scrolling. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's being present. Yes. Being present there. Yes. I just thought of what came to my mind and made me laugh was I was like looking at Tinder in the timber. <laughs> 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 we've got our newest t-shirt we've got <laughs> looking got tinder in the timber. don't do that that is not a forest bath
0: <laughs> yeah, don't do that don't do that
1: i and you talking about this i'm just like
0: it's so interesting how simple simple happiness can be like yeah just go walk in the woods go pick your berries. I don't know. It, I, some part of me is like, I love the modern world. Like heavens, you know, I'm having a good time at the movie theater. But a part of me is like, maybe
1: my great, 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 great grandma,
0: you know, this was a simpler lady, just happy to be, you yeah. know?
1: I also think it's interesting how much now, because we're not living our natural lifestyle that we evolved to live, yeah. we have to like, intentionally go out into nature and study its effects on our body whereas
0: (laughs) that wouldn't have been a thing like hundreds of years ago when we
1: lived in the forest you know
0: (laughs) yes yes and then it also reminds me how i think it was was with deanna who had who we interviewed Dina? dina with how she said that going outside that bright light Kicked on our hormones yeah. to eat in the morning. Like it's all connected when you're outside. Then you get the vitamin D. Then you get the sunlight on your eyes, which show you hormone to wake up. And then as the sun goes down, like
1: it's all so Yeah, connected. it affects your circadian rhythm. It's crazy. Yep, for sure. Yep. So um, I'll move into breathing and meditating now. And I don't have a yeah. lot on meditating, but some information on breathing, which my husband asked me one time when we were talking about this he was like how do people learn to breathe in adequately or inappropriately like at yeah. what point in our yeah. life do we stop breathing well yeah which is really interesting to me yeah um and I don't really know how that happens but except to say that I think our environment kind of promotes it so yeah um I'll get into that a little bit, but the majority mm-hmm. of people do not breathe adequately or well. It makes you yawn. It know. makes you yawn. <laughs> and 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 yeah. frankly, the biggest problem is over breathing. So I'll get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And mouth breathing. Oh. Like that. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Kay literally is demonstrating to us what we should not be doing. Yep. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. for many reasons. So- <laughs> It's looking weird. Um so I tied breathing and meditation together because they often go hand in hand mm. and both are so important I couldn't figure out which was more important than the other. But breathing is going to be the overarching topic yes. and I will cover meditation within that. Um mm-hmm. and I support that. Obviously, we all have to breathe all day every day and it's a really simple change you can make today for free that can very positively impact your physiology. So some of the books I referenced for this topic were Close Your Mouth, Stop Asthma, Hay Fever, and Nasal Congestion by Patrick McGowan, The Power of Your Breath by Anders Olson, Breath by James Nestor, and Stress Less, Accomplish More by Emily Fletcher. So the first thing that I want to cover is the topic of overbreathing, which is something most of us do every minute of every day. So, overbreathing is the act of taking in a volume of air that's larger than what you require. So, interesting
0: that that's bad. Yeah.
1: Yep. I'll get into it. But the hmm. normal level of breathing is 10 to 12 breaths per minute. Each breath bringing in approximately 500 milliliters of air. You don't have to measure it. I have no idea where I'm at on this scale. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which is a, but essentially to bring in that amount of air, it's a short, calm, gentle breath in with a longer, silent, gentle breath out and a natural pause in between breaths. So the average person is more likely to breathe 15 to 20 breaths a minute compared to that 10 to 12. And they are typically longer inhales than exhales with no pause and are noisy, usually accompanied by frequent sighing or yawning. So the main culprit is breathing through your mouth and even during exercise and especially during sleep. So... um mouth like to get into that why it matters breathing in through your mouth versus through your nose is that first of all the nose is a natural filter um our nose is lined with a mucous membrane yeah it's and got hairs, hairs and yeah. hairs yeah um and that is designed on purpose to protect your body from microbes and dust and the mucous membrane itself has antimicrobial powers And it captures about 75% of inhaled microbes. Really? So when you mouth breathe, you bring in colder, drier, bacteria, and virus-saturated air into your lungs. Wow. So where the nose warms and moisturizes air and helps regulate air volume so you aren't over-breathing, the mouth is bringing in cold, dry, nasty air. Because you're not running it through that filtration system.
0: Wow.
1: So... Even for kids who have asthma and allergies, one of the most powerful things you can do is have them breathe through their nose instead of through their mouth, which can be a challenge if your nose is really stopped up. However, the solution to clearing a stuffy nose is a series of breathing exercises through your nose, which Patrick McGowan walks you through in that book. Mm -hmm. I won't get into it now, but there are... Breathing exercises you can do through your nose, in through one nostril, out through the other to help clear a stuffy nose. So for children and adults who are suffering with asthma and allergies, the best thing you can do is start breathing through your nose because otherwise you're bringing all those dust and allergy particles directly into your lungs through your mouth. Wow, a natural air filter. Yeah. And the nose also helps facilitate the transfer of nitric oxide from nostrils to the lungs. So nitric oxide is critical for dilating blood vessels and lowering blood pressure, increasing brain health and function, improving athletic performance. And if that isn't enough for you, nitric oxide acts as a signaling molecule for virtually every cellular and organ function in the body. So it's important, obviously. Mm -hmm. And breathing through your nose helps increase and facilitate it, unlike breathing through your mouth. Um, wow. Something so simple. So, so simple. Small. So simple and so small, but it makes a huge difference because mouth breathing also causes a dry mouth and creates an ideal environment for gum disease and tooth decay.
0: Mm. Um, and bad breath, right? And bad breath. They say they Yeah, because that's the yeah. like the decay,
1: the bacteria grow, yep. and then that's what makes breath smell bad. Um, by making the switch from mouth breathing to nasal breathing, you can effectively reduce symptoms of allergies, asthma, wheezing, sneezing, snoring, nasal congestion, and nasal polyps. <laughs> so
0: this is so funny that I have like this new prejudice, like oh my gosh, there's such a mouth breather. <laughs> now it's, I'm aware of this. We like, we, never we won't would have judge. Thought. Yeah. No, we
1: no we no we don't judge. We don't judge. But
0: this is something I never would have been in my brain. Like I would yeah. not have known to think. Mouth or nose breeze. Did you ever
1: watch that show, Hey Arnold, when you were a kid? It was like a cartoon show. You might have been just a couple years too old for it, maybe, but... There was a kid in it who mouth breathes and it's like, that is like his whole character is this, oh. is that he mouth breathes and, and he always like stands. He never says anything. He always just stands right behind somebody else. It's and like, he's, <laughs> But think about it. Like when people are mouth breathing, it's really distracting. It
0: is. You're right. You're kind of like, are you okay? Let's, let's take care of Let's something. adjust that. Yeah. Yes. So, yes.
1: um, definitely there are a lot of reasons. <laughs> aesthetic and most physiologic to switch from mouth breathing to nose breathing. Um, so the proper breath should be quiet, slow, relaxed, and rhythmic. Breathing this way tells our nervous system that all is well and helps us calm down the fight or flight sympathetic part of our nervous system yep. and switch into that rest and digest parasympathetic nervous system. Yep. So just a few deep and, and when I say deep, I mean deep into the diaphragm, not a big breath. But a few deep diaphragm level breaths are enough to flip the switch from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic nervous system.
0: That's making me yawn. I'm yawning so yeah, much. Yeah, I was like talking talk. about breathing.
1: <laughs> um, and mouth breathing indicates to our body that we are stressed or in peril. And this activates the sympathetic nervous system, mm. which is the fight or flight nervous system. Yep. Um, and if you think about it, it makes sense because when you're bringing in a large volume of air, I mean, outside of exercise, when would you normally do that? So yep. back ad- again, back yep. in the days of our ancestors, yep. if you were breathing heavy, it was probably because you were being chased by yes, some sort yes, of a predator you're running
0: for your life or yes. a
1: tribe that was a, yes. a competing yes. tribe. And so that. Act of over-breathing, just yep. over-breathing, not even yep. hyperventilating, but simply over-breathing keeps our body yep. in that fight Chicken. or flight. Cortisol,
0: adrenaline,
1: go exactly. back up, yep. Yeah, because it thinks we're running from something. So it's powerful enough that a simple few calm deep breaths in are enough to switch that system off. So I actually practice that every time I I mean I try and think about my breath multiple yep. times throughout the day. Um, but I especially pay attention to it when I'm looking at screens. Cause there's something called, oh gosh, what is it called? Technology apnea where people actually stop breathing when they look. Oh, at you like hold your breath. Yeah. You hold your breath oh. when they look at a screen or check an email. There's this like, it's an actual thing where you stop breathing. You hold your breath. So I'm very conscious all the time. You know, whenever I'm, I'm I looking at my phone that. or checking my like, email. Yeah. Like I'm frozen in time. Let me check it You know. Uh-huh.
0: Interesting. So being
1: conscious of your breath can really make a big difference. And if you feel like you're thinking about breathing all the time, that's okay. Think about breathing and control yeah. your breathing. You're just saving your brain from having to think about something else. Yes, <laughs> and You're in the present moment. And, yeah.
0: And um, I got a plug for a future podcast. Ready yeah. for this, Lainey? So I got my um, energy healer. Woo! Mm -hmm. On a podcast docket for us. We've had some people contact us about wanting to talk to her. And um, so after I went to her, one of her first um, sessions, she's like, okay, you need to start doing four count breathing, Mm
1: -hmm. which you've
0: heard of this. Maybe you'll talk about this. But if you go in your nose, four counts, Mm -hmm. hold it for four counts, out your nose, four counts, hold it for four counts, Mm -hmm. repeat that forever or well you know a couple minutes like you feel better mm-hmm. and she told me that and I do it and I feel better so this is
1: yeah this is legit yeah I think yep. the common term for that is box breathing box because breathing. it's like a yep. box yep. yeah so there's a lot of different breathing techniques but the important thing is that it's calm and quiet And oftentimes that your exhale is longer than your inhale or at least the same length, as opposed to how we typically take big breaths in and short breaths out. Um, So again, mouth breathing indicates that we are stressed or in peril. Um, And when we are in that fight or flight mode that's activated by mouth breathing and over breathing, we battle issues with insomnia, indigestion, exhaustion, chronic fatigue, low immune health, and infertility to name a few. So... Again, key is to extend your exhalation. So exhalation is linked to relaxation. So extending Mm. it for longer and then pausing before you take your next breath helps your body reach a deeper relaxation. So um, in her book, Stress Less, Accomplish More, Emily walks you through a technique to deal with acute stress, which is the two times breath, where you double the length of your exhale compared to your inhale. So if you breathe in for two counts, you breathe out for four counts. And then you can do this until you feel calm. Wow. So that's a way of dealing with an acute stress. Yeah. So telling your body, we're
0: body, we're good. Yeah. We are safe here. We in are the good.
1: moment, exactly. Yeah. If you just had an argument with your spouse or your kids are driving you up a wall, yeah. taking the opportunity to step away, even if it's for just a few minutes and practice that. Two times breath. So in for two, out for four until you can calm down. It's a good way to remind your body, hey, it's safe.
0: Yep. We're okay. Yeah. We are in control.
1: Life is stressful. We can't prevent the stress from happening, but we can improve our body's response to it. We can handle this. That's right. Yep. Um, And then that takes us to the meditation, which... Again, I've linked with breathing because we often use meditation as a time to focus on our breath and calm our nervous system down. Yep. All this is like getting kind of back to
0: that chi and
1: that alignment and just like
0: de-stress,
1: manage stress. Yeah. So again, that book Stress Less Accomplish More by Emily Fletcher I could do an entire podcast on this topic. We're and I'd sure. rather have somebody who actually really knows what they're talking about with meditation. I practice yep. it. I'm not an expert in it. I'd rather have somebody who's an expert in it talk Ooh, about it. But I'll, I'll like just someone cover yeah. high-level points. Yep. Um, but her meditation technique, Emily Fletcher's in that book, is my favorite because it's so simple. So there's no clear-your-mind mysticism to it. Okay. Um, I actually I really like the fact that Emily, she puts in her book, The mind thinks involuntarily, just like the heart beats involuntarily.
0: Mm, You're right. So, you literally (laughs) don't
1: have control over whether your mind thinks. It's involuntary, just like you don't have control, Mm -hmm. well, to a degree. Yeah. Direct control over whether your heart beats. Yeah. Yeah. Your mind will think. So, she really emphasizes mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting, which she calls the three M's. So mindfulness helps you deal with stress in the present. Meditation yeah. gets rid of stress from the past. Oh. And manifesting clarifies your dreams for the future. So wow. when you follow her meditation technique, those are the things that you move through. Um, and obviously I don't need to get into all the details of why it's important and how stressful life is, but we'll just suffice it to say that Life today is more stressful than it's ever been. And we know that chronic stress leads to chronic disease, heart disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, cancer, um, even weight gain and obesity because prolonged exposure to cortisol, which is the stress hormone, can lead to accumulation of fat in the abdomen. So stress can literally make you gain weight. And as we know, being overweight is related to every single chronic disease there is. So a regular... Meditation practice can help reduce that cortisol response, can improve your stress response, help you be more resilient and healthy in the face of inevitable stress. Yeah. Um, and it's also been shown to keep the brain up to 20 years younger oh. than the brains of people who don't meditate. Wow. Regularly. And that just made you think like how you said like how we
0: all have so much stress. I'm like, it is such a wild world we live in. Where everything's so easy and convenient, and fast food and couch and screens, and it's life is so easy, but it's so stressful, yeah, like that's a really interesting kind of combination to have, yeah. Like, gosh no wonder we're all a little unhinged (laughs) yeah and some
1: stresses are good you know good stress it's there's good stress that challenge
0: and growth and yeah, yeah
1: but it's being mindful of the fact that you know back in the day with our ancestors so a stressful event would happen I don't know how often maybe once a week maybe once a month but it would be an acute stressor like You're out hunting and you look up and a saber-toothed tiger is coming after you. So then in that moment, your body would launch into a stress response. So it would um, immediately start pumping adrenaline. Your heart rate would start to increase. You develop tunnel vision. You know, you'd really only see what was in front of you, which is your escape route you would evacuate your bowels because you don't need to be digesting any of that food. Don't need to carry that. You, you don't need to carry that. <laughs> going to leave that behind. Yep. You know, and and everything in your body would become hyper aware. All your senses would become hyper aware. Yeah. But that same stress response still happens today. But instead of that stress, well, maybe minus crapping your pants.
0: <laughs> oh, no, that, that is hilarious because <laughs> my friend is about to get married and she's like, I, I got to poop. I got to poop right now. Oh, and that f- just hit me right now why that scenario happened. Yeah. Okay, everyone in the church, hold on a second. We're yes. No,
1: that. the nervous poops are real. <laughs> that is, that so is a funny. real physiological response. <laughs> Again, to Net- stress, up. because it would have been helpful back in the day when you're running from a tiger. It's not helpful when you're about to walk down the aisle yes, right? or right. run a, a triathlon or something. Yes, yes, like, yes. Then it's not helpful. <laughs> Or go on stage and do a presentation. But think about that. That's like funny. people talk about it like the nervous poops, but it's real. That is a yep. real physiological but, yep. response That's- to stress. And we do that to ourselves all the time. So funny. maybe we're not scrolling through Twitter and pooping ourselves <laughs> because it's stressful to read Twitter. Sometimes. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. Sometimes I feel like I could poop myself reading Twitter. It's so stressful. Just- so stressful. Sometimes. Maybe it's not that level. But digestion is definitely being inhibited. Yes, yeah. I mean, the
0: cortisol and the the cortisol's being increased.
1: So you know, in back in the day of our ancestors, that stress was short-lived. You'd have the event, you'd run from the tiger, saved. You'd either survive and escape, or or you'd get eaten. But either way, it was over pretty quick. Over. Yeah. So today, our bodies still go through that same stress response, except that. We're under smaller chronic stresses, so maybe the response the is more muted mm. and less pronounced. But it's all the time, mm, so I feel that. I every feel that. hour of the day. So meditation is an incredibly effective tool to interrupt that pattern of chronic stress and become yeah. no- like mindful of it and acknowledge it, mm-hmm. and then give our bodies the state of calm relaxation they need to flip the switch from being in fight or flight to rest and digest. Um, so mm-hmm. I wanted to read this. This um, passage from Emily's book because I just thought it was so interesting. I didn't want to try and paraphrase it myself. So in 2012, a team of neurologists at UCLA's Laboratory of Neuromodulation and Neuroimaging published a study that clearly demonstrated the thickening of the corpus callosum in people with regular meditation practices. Even We'll get into that. Yeah, what's a corpus callosum? We'll, <laughs> we'll get into that. So even more interesting, in 2015, a team from Harvard published findings from an experiment in which they conducted baseline MRIs on patients before starting half of them on a regular daily meditation program. The subjects were selected on the basis of their overall health. All subjects, however, reported dealing with the effects of stress on their lives. Mm-hmm. During the course of the experiment... Subjects answered questions about their moods and emotional states. Those in the meditation group reported more positive overall feelings and a reduction of stress. At the end of the 12 weeks, or of the eight weeks, the scans were repeated, and the brains of those who had begun meditating showed unmistakable physical changes, including shrinking of the amygdala, which is the brain's fear center which expands when the brain is steeped in cortisol or other stress hormones. Mm. And they had expansion of the brainstem where dopamine and serotonin, the chemicals responsible for feelings of happiness, love, and contentment, originate. So just think about that for a minute. In only two months, meditation can change the brain enough to be visibly detectable by MRI shrinking the fear center, and enlarging the centers responsible for happiness, love, and creative problem solving. Wow. I just thought that was so cool. So yeah. really noticeable. It's not simply, oh, do you feel better? Where it's this really kind of like yeah. subjective yeah, right. thing where right. people who are meditating, yeah, maybe they know they're supposed to feel better. So they report that they feel better. That's the type of bias that can Emerge in research. Right. But when you couple that with actual physiological changes, they did brain scans. So it's not just that people perceived that they were happier and less stressed out. They literally had the brains of happier, less stressed out people. That's that is fascinating. So I think that's a really powerful again. it's a plug for meditation. And I I do want to address a few things about meditation. The first being you can meditate no matter what your religion is. I think this is a really common thing I run into because I recommend meditation to my wellness patients. And this is a common thing I run into that I experienced myself of feeling like meditation was some somehow a substitute for prayer. And if I was meditating, then I, I wasn't praying or connecting with God. But in reality, Meditation
0: it, is. It uh, can be.
1: Can I mean, be, yeah. it doesn't have to be separate right. from prayer. It's just rather than praying where you are focusing on your problems, right? Oftentimes that's what you do when you pray. Yeah. Fair. In meditation, yeah. you're focusing on an anchor. So you can connect with God smart, in smart. meditation. And in fact, that's, you know, if you're a religious person, that's one of the things that I do in my meditation. So yeah. um, in her book, Emily Fletcher... Suggests the anchor using the anchor, um, which so smart. An anchor so is a, a phrase or word you repeat and it anchors you. So um, she suggests using the word one, like o n e one, one um, as your anchor. And I use that as my anchor. But I imagine when I say the word one in my head, I imagine that I am one yes. with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit. That's yes. how I kind of picture it, and I yes. feel incredibly connected. Yes. But I'm not focusing and praying and that's different. I set aside different time for that. But my meditation time is allowing myself to think the things I need to think. And then I imagine that I'm as they come to my mind rather than shoving them down or like trying to not think them at all yeah I let them come into my mind and then I pick them up and I hand them over to God so everything that comes up in my mind like this like letting go exactly
0: like doing the full feeling and thought process of it yeah it's interesting I really like the grounding of the anchoring like feeling yeah instead of I talked to a girl the other day and I go well you could do some time to meditate she goes oh no no I don't get quiet with myself or then I have to going to my crazy mind takes over. And I was like, wait, I think that's when you're supposed to meditate more and yeah. kind of take that moment and and not not a moment of don't let the crazy take over, but like look at the crazy, yeah. what's going on crazy, and then what's those grounding concepts of yeah. what can kind of push you through that to be like, wait, actually, right here, right now, I'm okay. I am safe right now. yeah, I am, you know, there's love somewhere in the world, you know, and to think on that and to really get grounded is – it's really neat. I like that yeah. anchor point. I'm going to mm-hmm. use that. I Yeah. Yeah. I use for mine, my way of grounding is a similar, but a different way is that I focus on like light and like this connection with like light and God. And it's all, I don't, For that anchors me for some reason. Yeah. It's the same, but what, yeah, anywhere to get there. Take some quiet time. Yeah. Just be you, be zen, be yeah. Like take the time to just be.
1: Yeah, and for people who are healing from a specific condition, I often um, come up with anchors for them that are Smart. related to their body healing. So the power of thought, like that, that will definitely be its own podcast episode. Yes, we
0: need that. So, but good. using
1: that meditation, for example, to say you know, my body is capable of healing and just repeating that phrase. Yes. And Uh, again, the power. I've got chills. And saying it, you know, if you want to include God saying, God designed my body to heal and focus on that. And so don't be turned off by the word meditation. Don't think that meditation is supplanting prayer or whatever it's different it's not prayer but you can connect to god to a higher power in your time of meditation and i think it's all the more powerful for it yeah um another important thing i think we need to note is that you cannot meditate your way out of chronic stress you also need to deal with the stress yeah so you know for example like If you, I just went through a situation where I had a stressful, I will not say I had a stressful job. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have a stressful job. That's an untruth that I believed that I'm not going to buy into anymore. I had a job that I loved. I worked for a challenging person. Doesn't make them a bad person. It just wasn't a good person for me to work for. And the challenging person, you know, because of the conflict that was arising in our relationship, I was stressed out all the time. And that's when I started meditating because I wanted a way to... Yeah. Like Like basically like... Sort it out? Yeah, meditate my way out of that stress. And so I figured I can just keep going to work every day and continue being exposed to this stressful environment and just meditate my way out of it and be fine. But eventually you have to deal... Yes, the problem. Yes,
0: yes. you have to resolve those. You have to resolve
1: that. Yes, so it's like yes. Don't use meditation as a band aid. Don't
0: smart. You know what I
1: mean? It's not a. It's not a pharmaceutical. It's not a supplement. You can't eat a crappy diet. And supplement your way out of it. Yeah. You cannot have just like that. You can't a, a have a chronic, stressful life, chronic str- stressful life yep. and meditate your way out of it. Yep. You have to deal yes. with the
0: resolve. With it the chronic with, stress. However,
1: yep. you yep. know, meditation can be a really powerful tool. Like
0: eye-opening kind of. Yes. Yeah.
1: And it can get you from A to B. So yep. I walked away from that job because ultimately that is what I needed to do for my own personal physical and mental health. That's not an option for everybody, of course, but meditation, yeah. maybe it can be an option for you, you know, yeah. a year down to the road. To manage and help get you there. Yes. And it's meditation's going to get A tool get you there. in
0: your toolbox. Yeah. Like it,
1: yep. And I will just say, t- personally, from what I've experienced in the last couple of years and what I walked away with is life is too short to work in challenging situations, to do a job that you don't love, to work for somebody who is not a positive influence in your life, to have a relationship with somebody who's draining. Life is too short.
0: And there's a a world of opportunities of jobs and people to work for. Like it is an abundant life out there. And
1: relationships don't, I mean, again, it's not just work. It's I don't know. I think it's important to really evaluate if you are under chronic stress that is hurting your health. Like I was, it's really important to evaluate what am I doing right now in my life? What is worth the stress that it's inducing? And what is not? And I think I really wanted to cover that because I think it's so easy for us to, okay, I'm going to exercise and meditate my way out of this chronic stress and I'm just going to stay in this challenging relationship or this difficult marriage or this terrible job. Like, life is too short.
0: Like, yep, sometimes it's learning and that maturity and that wisdom to know, do I need to grow to handle this? Do I need to grow to change this? Do I need to? There's, And that's that maturity and that meditation gives you that alone time to kind of be able to fish through that. Exactly. Like, what's worth it? What can change? What needs to change? Who needs to change? Do I need to change? All yeah. It's just letting you think on that. Instead of your life being so reactionary, right? Like that's just every day we just like are pivoting. Instead of being like, in, like wait, I'm going to set some intentions and kind of go after like, right. I'm going to set up what I want for me. And it's permission to do that. Yeah. Permission to live a life that kind of works for you like yeah. you yeah like your dharma if anyone's heard of that like if your life is aligned in a way that helps the world and helps yourself like that's your highest um fulfillment sort of so yeah yeah and, yeah, and, and i'm
1: not suggesting by any means that you walk away from you know the stressful job just because it's stressful you walk away from and says <laughs> the challenging relationship just because it's challenging i'm not suggesting that at all but Setting healthy boundaries, yep. evaluating what is it the why that's stressing me out yep. and what's why. Missing?
0: Yeah. What, what do what's, I need? What do I need? What and then growth th- do I need to do?
1: Exactly. How can yep. I grow? How can I yep. improve? How can I change to make this situation better? And putting your all into that. Yeah. And also communicating with people in your home environment, in your yep. school environment, in your work environment, yep. in your church environment. Yeah. Communicating France. with them yep. like, hey, here's my boundaries, here's what I need. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm obviously not trying to get into life coaching. I just want to be very clear that you cannot just meditate your way out of a stressful life. It is a tool as part of a healthy life. So anyway, because I know I was guilty of doing that, of trying to maintain this really stressful thing in my life because I wanted to, and right. I just thought I could meditate my way out of it. It didn't work that way.
0: Right, right. <laughs> it yeah, didn't work right. that way. Meditation kept you at bay and then it showed you,
1: Oh, I need something to yeah, Exactly. It yeah. helped improve my sleep. It helped improve my stress response. It helped my skin clear up. It helped my digestion improve. Yeah. Meditation improved all those yeah. things. Stress management putting you in rest and repair yep. and set up. Yep. But those things did not resolve. Until I got out of that stressful situation. So the meditation helped improve them. But removing that stressful influence from my life is what actually resolved them. So you still need to deal with the root cause of the stress in your life. Whatever it is and whatever it takes. But meditation can help. I get a plug for a
0: book. Okay. So there's a book called Emotions Buried Alive Never Die. It is so good. If anyone's kind of quacky like I am, you will love this book. You need to read it.
1: Kind of the I same idea. I think even if you're not quacky, it's yeah. totally, it is totally valid. It's
0: good. It's good. So the idea is that when you feel an emotion that your body has a chemical reaction, like you, like if you feel something right now that makes you sad, like your body, you feel that. And unless you resolve that emotion and let it out with that resolution, um, it actually stays in your body in a cell and you have to, you know, reach it later and then you have to resolve it to let it out. So our body is holding on and carrying all that. And so meditation kind of lets you resolve, let go, let it all, what is it, um, Name it to claim it, and he um, feel it to heal it. it. Yeah, and you gotta do that resolution. So we're yeah. big on that. So yeah, work with for sure. Yep. yep.
1: Yeah, I love it, and I that's why I really like Emily Fletcher's meditation technique. Again, pick up her book "Stress Less, Accomplish More" because she walks you through the technique in that book. But I really like that because she emphasizes you're not clearing your mind; you're allowing those thoughts to surface. You're thinking them, you're feeling them, you're acknowledging them. And then if you want a, you know, if you need a visualization tool, imagine watching them float off. I imagine handing them over to God. That's how I imagine it. That's how I use my meditation. But whatever the tool is for you, again, allow yourself to feel those things, think those things, evaluate those things Mm -hmm. and pay attention to what does come up every time you meditate. So as you're sitting there saying your anchor and bringing yourself back and, you know, what is the thought that perpetually comes up every meditation session? Because that's probably something you need to need deal to with. Need to work on, Yeah, So that's why and I really like her strategy for yep. it. Yeah,
0: I've heard something too that it's like um, when you're meditating, um, d- d- wait, what is it? Like, l- don't talk more than you listen. Or wait, listen less to yourself and talk more to yourself, which, okay, that sounds a little funny. But what I'm going to say is, Um, I would, when I was younger, if I was alone with my own thoughts, like, gosh, that shadow self and those demons could come out. And now as I've gotten seasoned as a, as an old woman, I'll say I'm 37. Now I can be in my thoughts and I can evaluate them from an outside perspective of like, okay, that made you scared. What can Mm -hmm. we do about that? Okay. That made you sad. Oh, that, and instead of being like this very, like sort of this, like, victim of my feelings in those moments i can look at look at it kind of more you know from an outside perspective and have some revolution resolution to it and right have some wisdom and growth i think is part of meditation instead of just being alone with your demons yeah. I think you know yeah. kind yes of a, exactly
1: it's not yeah. obsessing over the thoughts that come to your mind it's acknowledging them Yeah, seeing them Again, yes. paying attention like you did. Okay, yeah. what did trigger that? Why do I feel sad? Yeah. So use meditation as that time. Um, and really, you only need to meditate for 15 minutes. And Emily in her book recommends 15 minutes twice a day. And she doesn't recommend going longer than 15 minutes because mm. oftentimes, yeah. because you are feeling, you're first of all just sitting and pausing. Yeah. And you're creating a space to think and feel And allow things to surface. And she said if you go more than 15 minutes, oftentimes it can elicit a kind of powerful emotional response. Mm. So she doesn't recommend going more than 15 minutes because you may end up kind of emotionally drained. Because you are stopping and allowing yourself to acknowledge and feel and think. Um, Yeah. So you gotta the, work through it. The interesting in thing about the type of meditation that she recommends is that if you do it well, you achieve a rest that is five times deeper than deep sleep. Mm. So if you can take 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the afternoon to meditate, that's 15 minutes of rest that is five times deeper than your deepest sleep, which I thought was a really cool that's fact. True. So um anyway. You know, all of that meditation, again, just some of the benefits is it improves insomnia, anxiety, depression, and migraines. And it can increase critical thinking, analytical reasoning, intuition, artistic ability, and creative problem solving. So that's cool. Again, that's a brief, brief overview on a big topic, (laughs) on a big, big topic. And obviously we covered kind of a lot of high level points there. But yeah, so powerful tools so now you know the five tools so eating healthy drinking lots of water sleeping well breathing correctly <laughs> exercising and moving yeah so again yep. simple doesn't mean easy yep. but simple strategies if you incorporate each of those things into your life today the majority of them are free yes yes or very affordable yes
0: yes <laughs> And I, I like, I heard this on Instagram or whatever, but it was like, treat yourself like you would treat your house plant (laughs) anyways of like, um, all these things are like, if you have a house plant, like be aware of its water and its sunlight and its air and its air quality and its neighbors. I don't know. Like, so kind of the idea of like, treat yourself like you are, how should I say this? Um, a subject on earth. Like if you're just, you know, you were planted here on earth, like you need movement to be happy and, you know, kind of check your list of like, Oh, like this, a a human's body needs these things to be happy for whatever reason, you know, this universe decided that,
1: um, and how can I get myself these things? And if I'm unhappy, yeah. which of those things is missing? Is yeah. it because I'm not eating well? Is it because I'm not sleeping well? Is it because I'm stressed out and I'm yeah, not handling that stress well? Is it because I'm not breathing well? Yep. Again, I think that's the, the analogy of a houseplant is really a powerful one because people are conscious when a plant starts to look droopy yeah. Maybe it's not getting enough yeah. sunlight. Maybe it's yeah, not getting enough. We don't
0: blame enough. the plant. Yeah, like, plant, you're not good enough. Right. We never say that, but we
1: do that to ourselves. Yeah. Where with the house plant, we're like, oh, it probably needs more light. Yeah. Okay, I'll move it into the light. Oh, yeah. it might need fertilizer. Okay, I'll give it the fuel yeah. it needs. Oh, it might need water. Okay. Yeah. Why can't we do that with ourselves yes. instead of running out the door to cover that symptom up? You know, if your plant yeah. turns yellow and wilts, do you spray paint it green so that it still looks green yeah, and healthy?
0: Band-aid fix so we look good on no. the grill. <laughs> no, you
1: take. Care care of what needs yep. to be taken care of yes. to improve the health of the plant but I feel like when yep. we we treat ourselves like the house plant that we just spray paint yes. green, yes. so we get a symptom or we feel yep. unhappy or unhealthy and we go and just get a quick fix yep and put a stake and and tie it up so it's not <laughs>
0: drooping and we're doing all these other things we're just
1: masking the symptoms instead yes. of dealing with the root cause of it so yeah. yes these five things start here if you're feeling unwell if you if your health is not what you want it to be if you don't feel like things are optimal you know interestingly like you can start at any age there is no reason why your health cannot improve even when i was reading about the exercise portion of things they said people from 60 to 96 their muscle mass improved just as much as people in their 20s who did the that's same not amount true. of exercise. Absolutely. That is so actually
0: really fascinating. You can be in your 90s.
1: And if you start exercising, your muscle mass will improve just as much as, as a person would have in their 20s.
0: When you're 20. Yeah. That's really interesting. It's just that
1: you cannot handle, probably, most likely, that's a, the same amount of threshold. exercise that you could in yep. your 20s. So you probably aren't going to achieve results the same. But if you were doing the same exercises, as somebody in their twenties, your muscle mass would improve as much as theirs does. So, don't feel hope. limited by yep. don't feel limited by where you're at right now. Just yep. accept and love yourself with where you're at right now, yep. and start start, start, start from there. Start small. Start r- yep. working on your breathing. Start working on your sleep. Yeah. Start trying a little meditation. Start with 15 minutes once a day. See how you feel. Yeah. Do what you can to improve your diet in little ways. Drink more water. It's really it's simple and it will make a huge difference, I promise.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for all this knowledge, Eleni. I am going to go home and drink my water and go to sleep early and all the things. Meditate and fall asleep. Meditate (laughs) and do all the boring old things that happy old people do. (laughs) That's right. We are
1: happy old people. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening, Renegades. And we'll see you again for our next episode. Yeah.
0: Go be Renegades. Go be Renegades. Thank you for listening to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast.
1: Please keep in mind that this podcast is an educational service that provides general health information. The content on this podcast is not a substitute for direct personal professional medical care and diagnosis. You should always talk to your doctor before making a dietary or lifestyle change. Go be Renegades! be Renegades!